Welcome to Backdoor Cover. I'm Ross Bolin here with Dan Register. Much to the chagrin of our audience. I'm back. It's true. <laughs> That's, That's a, sad. That's the worst intro Don't you could have possibly that, given Dan. yourself. Sup, sup. And Dylan Shivery. We love it when you're here, Danny boy. Hey, hey, Bill. Dylan's here too. Congrats on a Game 4 victory. Thank you. I worked really hard. Whole squad's back together in here. This is nice. It does feel this good. This is good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy you're happy. Is there a man outfit sale going on right now? We yeah, got to talk man. about this first. Before it's kind of wild it. too. Obviously, a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about Rockets uh, Warriors Game Four, the Cleveland Boston series, which is also tied two two. We might talk about some hockey, some golf, mostly basketball. But first, Man Outfitters is having a sale, a big one. It's a Memorial Day sale, twenty percent off. Tons of brands and styles with the promo code MEMORIAL20. Yeah, you can use this code MEMORIAL20 through May 24th, okay? Which through, is... Through Thursday. Wow, that's tomorrow. So you got all day today, if you're listening today, and all day tomorrow to use MEMORIAL20 on manoutfitters.com and get 20% off 40-plus brands. How about that shit? That's wild. So hit Man Outfitters. It's a great time to, you know... There's a big banner at the top, first of all, that says 20% off 20-plus brands, and you can just click into that and then shop by category. This is the good shit, too. This is Patagonia, Ruka. Yes, Heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So get on there. Manoutfitters.com. Memorial 20. Let's talk about sports now. Yes. Rockets Warriors last night. Uh, I'm going to just say a few things, and then I'll... I guess I'll take questions. The floor is yours. Oh, really? That's how we're doing it? I guess I'll take... Can we? Are we not allowed to interject at all and add some no, commentary? I'm, no, you absolutely can't. I'm saying I don't, I don't know what all we should talk about. And if it was up to me, I could go for like two and a half hours. So I'm just going to say a few things and shut up. Can we just go play saying? by play? Yeah, let's just break it down like LeBron would. Dude, Bill, it's now a three-game series and you all have two games in Houston. I try to tell you, motherfuckers, to just, it's one game at a time. One game at a time. The playoffs are crazy. This is how this shit works. One day you get blown out by 41, and the next day you're somehow pulling off one of the most... Uh, that was just a weird game. It was a great game. It though. was weird. What was weird about it to you? It was weird that the, it took Houston seven minutes to score a single point. That, that that was one that of the James most... Harden looked lost in passing up wide open three pointers. Right, he he became Ben Simmons. For okay, a play. this and is at, at points in the third quarter, looked like the Warriors are going to pull out pull one, away by twenty five. I can't address everything at once. I'm they, just saying yeah, it's right, weird. First, There's much first, to talk about. The first six minutes or whatever that was uh, was six of the most painful minutes of my entire adult life. At one point, I had to mute the TV. Because if you're, if you're watching your team completely shit the bed, it's worse when you're also having to hear three grown men talk about how they're shitting the bed. So I just had to sit there and, uh, with no sound and pray, basically. Right. Like, Not ideal coming off like a 100-point loss. This isn't what too. you want. Not the yeah. start. You just got the, the, a, a historic beatdown, the worst in franchise history, the best in their franchise history. I, I believe it was the worst in the NBA playoffs in like 60 years or some shit since they like started recording three-pointers or something. And... You can't score a single point the first six minutes of the quarter, and you win the game? What the fuck? That was nuts. That was awful. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with this team when it comes to, like, coming out ready to play, but this is becoming a pattern. What was the next thing you brought up? James Harden James passing Harden up that three. <laughs> okay. So at the same point, Dylan, where you and I were both hating on Harden on, on Twitter, yes. I noticed we were, we were pretty at, in sync there at the beginning. At D. Shivery, by the way. Yeah, it... uh. It really, the point where he, he got a steal and was wide open at the three-point line and Draymond Green essentially walked away from him and was like, go ahead, yeah, shoot it. It and was like a kid at the YMCA being like, you can't hit this shot. And he like, started looking it. around like, who else is and down Harden here? And Harden was like, it, it was like he had a brain fart. I don't know what that was. It was bizarre. But at that point, he I was like. He passed it to P.J. Tucker on the other side of the court at the three-point line. And it was so, PJ was so shook that he passed it that he was like, I he was can't like, shoot I don't know, it. What the, why, what? Are we going to reset? What is this? Yeah, the whole thing was a disaster. But it was, it was at that point where I was like, I tweeted something along the lines of like, we, we got to, Harden has to take a seat. Because it looked exactly like some of these games we've seen in the past uh, where Harden in San Antonio, he kind of like, Became a mental midget and just disappeared. Right. And uh, Dylan, you tweeted something along the lines of like Harden looks lost out there, or whatever. It is funny because if you looked at his his stat line at that point, 
It was already pretty good. He, like had, he like had like 17 nine, or something? Nine points in the first quarter or okay. some shit. Uh, it just didn't feel that way. It felt awful. And then as the game went on, he got more into it and, and stopped the bullshit. But it was just like... I feel, I feel like we got baited to, to throw out bad takes. Well, he went off in the second... Okay, the moment I tweeted that I, my tweet was, James Harden is broken. It looked like he was broken. The, the moment I tweeted that, it was soon after he passed up the wide open three, but it was right after he drove the lane and like front rimmed the layup or something. Yeah. It was weird. I was like, what he just is missed going a wide on? open layup. Yeah. And so I was like, he just, this is not James Harden. Right. But then, yeah, like you said, uh, we got our bad takes out of the way, and he just went off in the second quarter. I think he had like 22 in the second quarter, something <laughs> stupid like that. Are you all familiar with the old Disney show, The Jersey? Where the yeah. kids would throw on the jersey and yeah. they become the player. Yes, I think that's maybe what happened to James Harden in the first quarter when he like passed up that three. I really don't. I've never seen him do that in any in any game in a regular season. It was just so. I'll give you that. There were a few weird elements to this game that were like, "What the fuck is going on?" But then there was the turning point. The fucking dunk heard around the world. There was three or four turning points though. First of all, for well, James Harden at least. Yeah. That wasn't really the turn. I mean, there were several turning points on each side because that was before Golden State went on that ridiculous third quarter. Yeah, run. that the James Harden posterization was in the second quarter, right? That's when it, it kind of like was like, okay, yeah. he's he's back in this game. And it was like, uh, yeah, he's locked in. That was when I knew we weren't going to go down like easy. But then in the third quarter, when Golden State had that run, which we've all seen them do stuff like that right we've all seen golden state go on these crazy runs where they're dropping all these insane shots from seven feet behind the lines chef steph curry's doing his fucking shimmy and the whole crowd's going bad shit and there's a bunch of angel investors and tech companies just losing their shit and yeah that's each other's nipples that's That's, expected but i never seen one like that before but considering the circumstances it was the wildest barrage of scoring i have ever seen the wildest thing about this game the craziest part about this game was Golden State scored, what, like 12 points in the fourth quarter? Yeah. The Rockets, like, locked it down. Defense. I don't know what happened. But the third quarter run, everybody thought it was over. I thought yeah. it was I was like, well, I mean, and there's literally, it, was, it wasn't like frustration or anger. It was like, yeah, you can't do shit about that. I mean, you can't. You cannot guard a Steph Curry step back 40-foot three-pointer. What, yeah. How are you supposed to guard that? You can't go out there and press him. He's going to dribble around you and get a layup. It just... When he has it going like that, you just have to tip your cap. There's nothing you can do. And he gets super cocky, and he's doing all his fucking bullshit, shimmy, dancing crap. That guy, I, This man, is my fucking house. Man, do I want to kick him right in the dick. I think my favorite part about this game, and it was an awesome game, was that Draymond had not one, but two embarrassing, like, shut the fuck up moments, which was the hardened dunk and then the front rim dunk attempt that he totally fucked up. The posterization was one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen. It should be noted, for those who are not uh, avid NBA watchers, James Harden is not a dunker. He will dunk on occasion, but he does not have big hops. He's not a power dunker. He's not a jumper. He's sneaky unathletic. He's sneaky, has no hops. Yeah. I would not call him unathletic, Dan. That is unfair. I would say sneakily he is glued to the ground. What is he, 6'6"? How tall is he? Yeah. 6'6"? He just can't jump. He really can't jump. Like, by comparison to a lot of these guys you see that are around his height throwing down windmill jams and shit, like, he can't do that. Uh, when he does get up, it's because he had to. And on that one, it was like, God damn. And it was on Draymond, which made it a million times sweeter because that dude is the goddamn devil. He's, he's a piece of shit. He is. He's a real piece of work. And uh, he looked like he wanted to die afterward. And he, it, it was, like, complimented by the fact that he fouled him. Did he fucking like shoved him to the ground? Draymond like shoved Harden to the ground in the process. The whole thing was just disrespectful. And then yeah, when he had a chance at redemption, and a crate like Draymond had the opportunity to throw down a dunk of his own, he did the old the old Yao Ming, the old block yourself with the rim thing. Yeah, which if you're six nine is not a good look. It's an interesting play. It's, it's an interesting move. Unacceptable. Didn't really work out for him. Uh, I watched the replay roughly a thousand times because that was like sports porn for me. Uh, it, it's like the ball's in the basket. He like throws it down too quickly or something, and it just he gets pu- stuck. And it, like it, and he it's pulls like, it back. It's like if he had hit a a wetter, sweaty part of the ball on the rim, it would have gone in. But he hit a completely dry part. He, and he it got caught. up high enough. Yeah, 
It no, it wasn't that he did. He get just up missed the, the the basket. He, he literally threw it down incorrectly somehow, like Weird. the angle or something. Uh, it was it was. I'd put that in like a top fifty moments of my whole life. I went berserk. Okay. I mean, it happens to all of us. Like, remember the last time you tried to dunk Ross? Same thing. Yeah, that's what happened to me too. I got up there, you know. I had the height. It just right. it wasn't the you know I didn't have the angle. But what I mean, maybe the most satisfying win I've ever watched in any in any sport, including the World Series or a championship game or anything like that. Like I, for me personally, I needed that so bad, so bad. I just want to know what that last possession was for Golden State. Not necessarily with 0.5 seconds left, but the... Uh, yeah, that one shouldn't even count. Yeah. First of all, he didn't get the shot off. The Clay Thompson shot. The, the Clay ball. Thompson shot was a total and utter disaster. They still had a timeout in the pocket. They I had believe. a timeout. You have a seven-foot-tall Kevin Durant who is literally unblockable. You only need two. And one of the best shooters in the history of the game. Why is he not the one taking the shot? Clay Thompson's hurt. He not, maybe not injured, but hurt at the very least. Clay also never scores off the dribble. He's just a he's great catch-and-shoot player. Yeah, he's a spot-up shooter. The, apparently, I, I watched all the Inside the NBA last night. They were try, Draymond was trying to call timeout. Steve Kerr was trying to call timeout. Oh, man, this they didn't fuck get off. It. Yes, he was trying to call timeout with like 0.8 seconds on the clock. That's not really an excusable thing. How are you supposed to get the referee's attention? That it's He didn't call timeout. There was no timeout. There was no timeout. And they blew it. It was a bad possession. So how do you feel moving forward? Oh, shit. We got you going to the next one. Your game five. Yeah, that was like the the biggest thing is that, I mean, uh, obviously I wanted to win to even the series and give us a shot at beating them in a seven-game series because you can't go down three to one to the Warriors. That'll never happen again. But the the impact it had on my, uh, my fan experience that I'll get to have tomorrow was huge. You still have that hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not only hope, you got a tie series, you got home court advantage back. Um, I'm going to be shirtless most of the game, if I had to guess. I'll be in the nosebleeds with the real people, which is where I belong. Who are you going with? My little brother. Shouts to Sam. Yeah, it's going to be something. We're going to get real fucking turned up in there. It's going to be loud. The crowd is going to be hype. Good kid, that Sam. Yeah, he's a great kid. Uh, Can I talk about my favorite part of the game? Yeah. Nick Young and JaVale McGee, you fucking clowns. <laughs> I knew it. I said it from the very beginning. There's the old rule. You can have one knucklehead on any NBA team. But if you have two, that's a, that's a problem. And these two people have led the league and in act, in act in a fool se- segments. JaVale McGee, notorious. And uh, Swaggy P, a huge loser. A person I've tried to, <laughs> that I've offered to fight on the Ross Boland podcast. I hate Swaggy P. Say what you will about Swaggy P, but I will not have you tarnish the name of JaVel McGee. Well, JaVel McGee, I don't know if he played at all. Neither of those guys played at all in the second half. Swaggy did play a little bit in the first half and was just throwing the ball away. It was glorious. And then those two clowns, when when Golden State, like, you kind of want to like Golden State a little bit, but they're very swaggy, for lack of a better term. They do a lot of dancing. There's shimmies. They're all that shit. When Clay is, or when Steph is hitting these fucking ridiculous threes, there was one part where Javel picked up Nick Young like he was a baby in his arms and was like rocking him back back and forth, and then you got beat. You guys are clowns. Yeah, fuck they, you guys. They're they essentially not like they are clowns. Those two guys are clowns. Those two guys are clowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Young, for the few minutes that he played, first of all, it's shocking to me that in a game where the rotation was shortened. Steve Kerr was giving Nick Young meaningful minutes. Well, I, they played that rookie most of the game. Yeah. He's good, though. Like, he's a good defender. I mean, Nick, well, Nick Young's not good at anything. It goes back to Nick Young being so, so terrible. What was Nick, he doing out there? I, I don't know. Nick Young's been in the league 12 years and, and said you're trusting a rookie? You're, you're gonna trash, be, Nick. It's pretty rare to be able to even pull a... <laughs> trash, to point at something that Steve Kerr did that was, that was questionable. And that was questionable. He looked fucking awful. He always looks awful. He's looked awful his whole career. Nick Young, he'll go off. You're going to regret these words when Nick Young goes off for like a 12-point quarter. There is a 0% chance Nick, Neil, Nick Young is doing anything this series or next series or ever again in a playoff if, game. If Nick I will Young, take any bet you want. If Nick Young scores 12 points in a quarter, I'll give you 100 bucks. That's not even a bet. You don't even have to risk anything on your side. You just give me 100 bucks. I'll just give you 100 bucks nice. if Nick Young has a 12-point quarter against the Rockets in this series. No more, no less. Has to be exactly 12. No, it can be more. 
12 or more. It's not going to happen. Absolutely not. There's okay. no way. He, even if he gets four spot-up threes with nobody on him, he'll miss at least one of them. The guy's a piece of shit. JaVale McGee is JaVale McGee. I'm not going to rip JaVale McGee. I think he's probably at least a half-decent human being from what I can tell. But the, the end-of-the-bench guys for Golden State that have they've, you know, figured out, okay, the more insane we react, the more we're going to get on TV, and we're not going to play, so we might as well do that. And it's become like this college basketball scenario where you know with the end-of-the-bench white guys in college basketball, their main responsibility is, is to, to wave have, towels. And to do Fortnite celebrations. If, if, you, if you haven't figured that out already, in the next, this upcoming college basketball season, that's what we're going to see. It won't be played out by then? No, nah, it'll just be Fortnite, Fortnite celebrations. Oh, that's God. all you'll be doing if you're a white guy at the end of the bench. The whole game. And oh, that's college. what these fuckers... What, what's up? Oh, never mind. Go. College football? They can't celebrate. Never mind. Yeah, they but they, they kind of missed the boat because they're, you know... Anyway. And maybe you're right. Maybe it'll be played out by then, but you get the point. And that's how Golden State's end of the bench guys have started acting, and it's completely outrageous. So it's not only are they like... The, it's... It's the combination of having four All-Stars, having, you know, arguably five Hall of Famers, having two championships already, uh, the most absurd lineup ever assembled in the NBA. On top of that, how cocky they are, the dancing, the flashiness. It, it's what makes them so hateable. No, I, they're a very likable team. It's just any team that has success eventually becomes I don't think hateable. anybody would agree with you that they're a very likable team. The thing is, if you rewind they're like four fun. years, all three, uh, like all of their stars were very well liked and like individually, but together they're just, they suck. Well, they're fricks. No, their it's because people hate success. No, that's, that's, that's not exactly it. Changed. That's not Dan, it. These guys team, are not though. as likable. Kevin they, they, Durant. They have this big chip on their shoulder. It's ridiculous. Kevin Durant. Entering the, the picture changed everything. It went from being guys that Golden State drafted to being a much more hateable product overall. And you didn't even mention the crowd full of just VC billionaires. The, the, That's the, hateable, The too. crowd is the least likable crowd in sports, topped maybe only by the Seattle Seahawks. Steph and Clay by themselves are pretty likable guys, I think. By Durant, Durant is not anymore. Right. I get Draymond that. is probably the, the most hateable person but in the I league right now. But I think people turned on Steph and Clay because they got more successful. And well, I think Steph and Clay, uh, Steph especially, is just, he's, he's, he's super he's, cocky. Yeah, really the unlikable shim, the, now. The shoulder shimmy The shimmy and he's got go. this, they all have this weird, like, this weird us against the world thing. Which yeah, it's, it's, it's just not very likable. It may be effective. Uh, just to be clear, JaVale did play three minutes last night. No way. And uh, Nick Young played 18 minutes. See, that's where that you means you're in problem. trouble. And that's because Iggy was hurt, and they're trying to fill the game. I just, there's got to be somebody else who's a better option. And not shockingly, he had zero assist because he is fucking trash. The guy sucks. He really sucks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd... I'd when did they uh, they go in the back pocket and pull off the Kevin Durant at center play? Because they're going to do that. What does that look like? Is that though? something they've done before? Just that lineup where you just play Kevin Durant at center. I know, but what, it doesn't really matter because we switch every defensive player anyway. I just like, what are they going to post up Durant against Capella? That's not very effective. I guess Iguodala is her too. So that like... Super lineup they, they they used to run out. What, the Hamptons 5? It's yeah. been their least effective lineup in the series. And it's the worst name of any lineup in the history of the NBA. Hamptons 5. Get the fuck out of here. I can't believe you just argued the Warriors were likable. They used to be, yeah. Like, when they first started off, before their first championship, they were a very likable team. When the they're team super, was founded? They are fun. It's because, like, Steph and Clay were just pulling up from half court and just Damn, draining that threes. that was four or five years ago, man. I know, but I'm just saying because they got more successful. It's 2018. Less likely. Get with the times. I no, I, I'm with you. I, I understand what you're saying. And yes, typically success makes you way more hateable. People like to hate on successful people and teams. That's, that's the way of the world. I'm saying I don't believe that's the case with this team. It surely accounts for a very at least a percentage of it. But I think it's the collective group of people more than anything. And it's their... Their fucking attitude and the fan base really puts it over the top for me. Like, those people, most of these people don't watch an NBA game the whole year. Most of them, everybody you see in that lower bowl is worth buku bucks. Right, they're Silicon Valley bros. They're all transplants from elsewhere. They're, these people grow up in fucking Oakland. These aren't Oakland It's fans. especially sad when you think back 10 years ago when Baron Davis and the Warriors went on that run. Like, how 
fucking crazy that crowd See, was, that was and that was like poor people in Oakland. Maybe that not was poor awesome. People, but I'm regular people though. It was regular people, VC and now it's just VC billionaires because they're hot. Uh, quick correction. Uh, JaVale did not play last night. I was looking at the box okay, score I was from Game 3. Say, man. Nick Young did play 12 minutes and, again, had zero assists because oh. he is trash. What about points? I don't care about assists. Two points, yeah. and I think he had turnovers. Nick Young doesn't pass the ball. No, he's just no, – he he's turned the over. He, he's the one who threw that pass that Harden got the uh, steal and mm-hmm. threw back a pass yeah, he had to at least Chris one. Paul. Yeah, it was – I nutted a lot during this game. My living room was just – Covered. That's you're disgusting. I'm sorry, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know what this looks like going forward because I feel like I this is what I this is all I wanted was a competitive series, and we got that. So now I'm just happy no matter what, and proud of the team for. I don't know how you win a game against the best team ever assembled when you don't score in the first seven minutes. It seems like. Something that shouldn't happen. You hold that team to 12 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's... Locked down James Harden. Pretty wild. Anyway, I'll be at the game tomorrow night. I probably won't survive. Um, Cleveland and Boston also tied at 2-2. So we have these two series that have, are suddenly... Look like they could go the distance. Except that series... Every game's been a blowout. Well, this series, too, until last night. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, hopefully we get a little more competitive in Cleveland-Boston. Why are the fucking Celtics so bad on the road? It's weird. It's weird because they were a pretty good road team in the regular season. And they've just been awful in the playoffs. They it's, are super young. Yeah, that always has something to do with it for sure. Youth youth in the playoffs can get a little, you know, you're sketchy gonna, on the road. You're going to play better at home. Right. Yeah. You're more comfortable. It's your house. Everybody's rooting for you. But it's still a little – it's so weird to see that happen. Like a totally different team comes out when they're in the Cavs building. Ty Lue finally went to uh, Tristan Thompson to put on Horford. Is that is that the change he made? Uh, that was the uh, the the uh, the counter move he made. Yeah. Wow, it and seems to work. Worked well on Horford. I didn't watch this game, the most recent one. I've complete. I've I, I can only focus on the disaster at hand. You know, I can only watch one series at a time when the Rockets and the Warriors are going. It's one game a day. Yeah. But it's, dude, that was like 15 games packed into one last night. I aged a lot. It was rough. I enjoyed none of that. Isn't that weird, like, about, about sports when you have, pro, like, if, if you were asking for, you know, if you asked me before the game last night for the ultimate way it could play out, this would have been up there. A really close game when we pull off the W. That's, that's, a, huge, that's a great game. But as a, and as a sports fan, that you think that's what you would want. But as a fan of the Rockets, it was not enjoyable because I was so stressed the whole time. It was miserable. Like I'm glad we won, but I didn't get to enjoy any of that. It was just pure hell. The whole fucking four quarters. I find that to be ironic. Dylan, your thoughts? My thoughts are that, that was a big nut game for Houston to win. Big big testicles. big nut game. I mean, to do it in Oakland. And now you have, like I said earlier, it's now a three-game series, and Houston has two games at home. If you don't win that, obviously the series is over. Oh, it's over. And now you got to think Houston has, a, you know, at least a chance. Well, they went from like plus eight hundred or something. Oh, more than just to a plus chance, one forty. I know. Uh, no, okay. They have two games. They at have home. a very yeah. good chance. They're here. certainly not the, the, the game that you're going to is pivotal. It's huge. It's the most important. This was the, last night was the most important game for the franchise in twenty years. Tomorrow is the most important game for the franchise in twenty years. Every game going forward, sure. pretty much is. So it's, yeah. I'm gonna try to get Daryl Morey to come buy my seats, my cheap seats. Actually, not that cheap, but cheap by comparison. You have a direct line to him. Yeah, I'll talk. Yeah, we talk. You're not sitting courtside with like Travis Scott. No, unfortunately, the Fertitta family has has yet to reach out to me. And try to hook me up with courtside seats, which is upsetting. But maybe one day, you know. Actually, at one point I DM'd. I've got like this Rockets ticket connect. He's the guy who put me in a suite last year for the Spurs series that me and my brother got to go to. And I DM'd him and I was like, "What's up, man? You got like you got me on these on these Warriors tickets." And he just responded with a, a gif of the uh, the dude from the Wire saying, "She." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, I guess that means no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a no. Yeah, that was a no. And then he never said anything else. 
I think that was the end of our relationship. But that's too bad. Yeah, so I'm, my mom got me and my brother tickets for our birthdays, and we're gonna be up in the, uh, I think it's like section four hundred six. So, how are you gonna handle that live, man? You're a usually a homebody when it comes oh, to big games, God. aren't you? I, dude, I don't know, Dylan. I haven't decided. I don't know what to do here. Cause yeah, I, I don't handle it well. It's it's not gonna go well. Are you like a good luck charm when you're at games? It's been a while since we lost when I was at a game. Yeah. Yeah. Got that going for you. So I've got that, but it's it's. I lose my voice. I yell too much. People around me are like, "What's wrong with that guy?" It's. Uh, well, it's going to be at home. So I think the last game playoff game you were at was in San Antonio. No, the last one was I was in Houston. Okay. Yeah, in but the you, Utah series. You went to that San Antonio series. Oh right? yeah, that was tight. So those those people looked at you like you were a little crazy, but actually they're pretty nice, man. Spurs fans are great, by comparison. Houston, I mean, it's, it's, I'm excited. I'll just leave it at that. Do we, need to, we don't need to talk about this game five tonight, do we? What, what do we have to say about it? I have no comments. I, well, I Bo- really don't. Boston wins tonight. Boston. It's in Boston, Until correct? they lose yeah. at home, I'm going to keep picking Boston. All I'm rooting for in this series is for it to go as long as possible. The more playoff LeBron we get to watch, the better for all of us. I think we all agree on that. I have a, another Rockets note real quick hmm. before we move on from basketball. Tim McMahon from ESPN reports that Houston rapper Trey The Truth has been to two Rockets games during the West Coast Finals, and both have been Houston wins. Just for the record, two games, a good luck charm does not equate. I've never heard of this guy. Oh, come on. Trey and The Truth? another tie to Trey The Truth, uh, Gerald Green teamed up with him to help folks recovering from Hurricane Harvey. That's actually so Trey what the Gerald Truth was doing before he got called. And that's was right. Like, they were Trey like, hey, the you want to play basketball? Is more than just a rapper. He's he's a humanitarian. Well, good, good for Trey the Truth. I have conflicting opinions on Trey the Truth. Uh, I I greatly appreciate all the hard work he's done with Hurricane Harvey victims. What's uh, his music like though? Good good rapper. Good rapper. Cousin of uh, Zero. One of my favorite rappers. Is he a Houston based rapper? Oh yeah 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 okay. yeah. He's like he's one of the more well known Houston rappers. You're just uneducated. Right. You have a segment on your other podcast about that. About actually. how uneducated you are. Yeah yeah. But uh, he also at one point went like all in on questioning J.J. Watt. You remember when J.J. raised all that money? There was a lot of what I would call jealousy and contempt that got built up between because Trey was doing all this hard work in the streets. And granted, I'm giving him full credit here. He was putting in crazy work trying to help people. Uh, But J.J. raised X amount of millions or whatever. And Trey kept attacking him on social media like, we want to know where the money's going, all this all this, and that. And it was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just let JJ do his thing. He's bringing in an unprecedented amount of money here to help people. Why are you on his back? Let that man live. Damn. Those are my conflicting thoughts on Trey the Truth, which I know everybody listening to this show went into this episode thinking that's what they were going to get. So now you got it. What were we talking about? Well, we, we have uh, Cavs, Celtics. Oh, tonight. yeah, yeah. Celtics uh, minus one is the line currently. I just want to see as much LeBron as possible. Him just putting up 40. I, I will also say Bill Simmons has made the Boston Celtics so hateable to me. And this should be one of the most likable teams ever. They're very likable. And they beat my Sixers. It's, it's a, the problem for me is watching Simmons tweet. Well, it's Boston fans in general for me. And a lot of Boston fans in general. But because Simmons, they're spoiled and they, they, it's like they don't appreciate it. They, they just don't. Want to they rub don't it in get your it. Face. They really don't get it. And uh, it's not their fault. They've won too many championships in the past 20 years, 80 years, however many championships they've won. Across it, all sports. Across all sports. It's, it's, it's not their fault. It's like Bieber being a douchebag. Like, he never had a chance. It's not his fault. He got famous too young. But the, these people are insufferable. And Simmons is like the poster boy. And the beauty of it is he used to rip on people like him back when he was the most popular sports writer in the world. And he was a normal dude still before he like yeah, man. became delusional. You either die a hero. Or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And he has become the villain. He's the bad guy now. Uh, and it's kind of sad. He should have died. He should have died a hero. <laughs> uh, I guess is what it looks like. But I don't know. There has to be a way to avoid that, right? Like you can stay real your whole life, right? You don't have to become a fucking... Nah, money and success always gets to your head. No matter what? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of true. See, this is why we got to keep gambling, Dan, so that we can never become right. in any way financially stable. 
that's why Charles Bar- or Charles Barkley is still likable because he still probably owes so much money in gambling debt. That's a good point. Chuck, 90% of the time, I disagree with what's coming out of his mouth, and he's still one of my favorite people. Like, I want to fight him and hug him at the same time. It's, it's weird. Look, we got a hotline, and no one calls it, and it's really pissing me off. I really no don't. calls again this week. I really don't care, frankly. I do. I want phone calls. I want people to chirp us, ask us questions, talk shit, whatever you want to do. Tell them what the number is. The then. number is 800-392-6344. And again, 800-392-6344. Just call us. It's a voicemail, all right? You don't have to talk to anybody live. If you mess up, just call back. But you can ask questions, rant about sports, or do what... I mean, we really don't care. Just... Leave us a voicemail for the love of God. You can talk about, uh, you know, whatever you want. You know how depressing it is to press a button and it's like, you have zero new voicemails. We know you are listening. We see the numbers. You're out there. You just decide not to pick up the phone because you're jerks. Jerks. Maybe they're shy. No, they're not shy. They're just jerks. We are an introverted sports podcast. It's, a, it's sports for introverts. That's what the description says on iTunes. Did you that's, know that? That's weird. I changed it to that without getting approval from anybody. Sports for introverts. Did you really? Yeah. You didn't do that. No, I'm serious. That's funny. No, I didn't. But weird. I, I might, though. Yeah, that is the hotline number, though. I guess we'll take a break. Break time. If you have absolutely no idea what's going on in Westworld right now, boy, do we have the podcast for you. Right, Ross Bolin? That is correct, sir. By sir, he means Jared Borislow. Me and Ross do a Westworld podcast two a week. On Monday, we recap and review Sunday's episode and on Thursday, we take listener voicemails and talk theories and everything else you need to know. We answer all the burning questions you have from Sunday's episode. We talk a lot. It's a lot of content that you're going to love because we, 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 don't, we, don't, we all want to figure out what's going on. It's, it's a it's complex a- show. We put a lot of hard work into uh, the companion podcast to go along with it to make it all more enjoyable for you. I didn't sleep last night because I was watching Westworld all night. That's a true story, Ross. Sounds like a personal problem. It is. And if you want to find out the fruit of my insomnia, check out Freeze All Motor Functions on iTunes twice a week. Get on this journey and tonight with us. Freeze All Motor Functions. Real quick, we got a word from one of our sponsors on it. Are you sick going to the gym, Dylan? Yeah, a little bit. Well, I am. Turns out now you can work out anytime, anywhere. With Onnit Six, this is uh, Onnit. You've heard us talk about Onnit. It's the Austin-based fitness and wellness company that we uh, have a great relationship with here at Grand X. Their new home fitness system. It's called Onnit Six. It's a full-body transformative workout that you can do in the comfort of your own home in just six weeks, which is great. It's not that much time at all. If you've uh, ever watched videos on your phone or computer. And you have enough space to stretch, then you are fully equipped with a home gym compatible with Onnit Sticks. There's no need for you to go out and buy a bunch of, you know, training equipment or pay for a personal trainer or anything like that. You don't need any supplements or powders or need to dress in a uh, male thong or anything like that. You don't need it. You just need Onnit Sticks. You just got to watch the videos, do your best to follow the instructions. And the workouts are designed to help you lose weight, build muscle, move better, and feel better. And they work. Dylan, do you know where you can find out about this, this workout? I believe it's at onnit.com slash six. You're correct. And six is spelled out like a word. Right. Yeah, that, that's important. S-I-X. S-I-X. Right? Onnit.com slash six. Go check it out. Check out the URL. See what they've got going. If you're looking for a new workout, or maybe you just need to start getting your ass in shape. You don't need a gym membership. You don't need shit. You just need on at six. Check it out today. Quit being a big fat loser. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. The NFL has a new anthem policy. I didn't know this. Has this been officially passed? I don't know. I've never, I haven't seen anything the about this. The headlines today say that it's on the verge of being approved. Okay. Uh, the new policy would require players to stand if they are on the field during the performance but it gives them the option to remain in the locker room if they prefer. This according to ESPN. The new policy would subject teams to a fine if a player or any other personnel did not show appropriate respect for the anthem. This includes any attempt to meet, to kneel. Uh, those teams, teams will also have the option to fine any team personnel, including players, for an infraction. Okay, this is ridiculous because I understand that when with a, you know the NFL is a company or an organization or whatever these teams are companies and you can enforce policies 
But this is some commie shit, man. A little bit, yeah. The whole point of the, this country is that you can express yourself however you feel fit. Yes. Even if that means disrespecting the flag, and, 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 and even if it means doing shit that I disagree with personally, it's, your, it's part of being an American. So this yes, is, this is that, but as you stated, companies are allowed to enforce rules within it, their, their domain. Right. But, it but just, it's still... It's the NFL. It's a weird... It's a weird... All, all these guys are going to stay in the fucking locker room. Yeah. And then it's going to be weird because there's not going to be any players on the field. It, it, this, is, this is a slippery slope, I feel <laughs> this like. This isn't good at all. It's somehow more slippery than having a bunch of dudes kneeling on the sideline. I feel like they're trying to have it both ways here. Yeah, that's a little if bit it what were, it feels like. If it were me, and it's not, because I'm not a fucking super rich white guy who owns an NFL team, you just play the anthem with the teams in the locker room. Be like I feel cooler. like that's how they used to do it. I feel like college games do it that way sometimes. Like You don't have to have the teams on the field for the anthem. What's... Like, keep in the locker room, sing the uh, anthem, come tra- out. It's tradition, no, man. No. I, I don't think it's a... I think this is a relatively new tradition, and they did it because the government was spending money to... was, like, promoting these things with flyovers and stuff. With the military. Yeah. That's... that's. There's a, a sick, twisted, dark... There's always sort of a tie back to money. Yeah. yeah we, really, I mean, it's not really something we, we don't should have get to into. Do but that, but I'm, to just do point, that. To your point, it's, it's a lot of it's about image. Uh, now... Whoever's paying for that image is, is neither here nor there. But it's about seeing all the players on the field, everybody together, res- like respecting the flag, standing with your hand over your heart, all that shit. It's about the imagery of it. And you lose that entirely if you're giving them the option like, hey, if you want to stay back in the locker room, you can do that. The, the, it's going to get weird here because this creates turmoil within the locker room. It's like, why are there seven dudes back in the locker room? We're out here on the field respecting the flag. It just is just weird. This is the line here that, rubs me the wrong way. The new policy will subject teams to a fine if a player or any team personnel do not show appropriate respect for the anthem. That is very commie-esque. That's like... You're going to take people's money away for... For, for disrespecting a, a flag. For choosing look, to make a political stance. That, that's weird in the United States of America. It is. I'm sorry. That's not okay. No. And I don't like, like I said, you. What you have to wrap your little feeble head around here is it's not about whether or not you agree with guys who are protesting the flag or protesting for gun control or whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you agree. That's not the point. You're not supposed to agree with everybody. That's not how life works. You're supposed to support their right to say dumb shit or do dumb shit that you disagree with, though. That's what the country's all about. That otherwise we end up like North Korea. Whatever they got going. You sure as fuck can't kneel during the national anthem there. No, you get got if you do. You get got. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I can't believe we're going to go into another Fines. season. They're going to find them actual money. The other problem, Dylan, is we're going into... This is going to cause us to... Last season sucked dick because every game became about, ooh, who's kneeling, who's fucking standing, who's got their hand over their heart, who's singing along, who's turned their back on the flag, whatever. We're doing it all over again. Who stayed in the locker room? Who's on the field? Who's? It's going to be every game. We're going to have to talk about this shit again. Right. The, the first thing, there will be a reporter whose job will be figure out which players aren't out there. And then the question becomes, what about the first guy who comes out and then takes a knee? And then what is the NFL going to find him? And you know he's going to get talked about all week, so he's going to get more than yeah. $10,000 worth of exposure or $100,000 oh. or whatever. Like, it's... You know, some guys are going to just open this go thing out there up. and take a knee just to make it more of a story. That's that's more of a disrespectful gesture to do it. Oh, I'll take the fine, and you know what? Fuck you. It's going to be a it's going right. to be a bigger story. But I think that's just the NFL's play here. They're just like whatever. We get more coverage. Jim, like, I'm down here on the field, and Ben Roethlisberger is yet to come out onto the grass. <laughs> he is remaining in the locker room along. With, it's going to be. It's going to suck. This is going to suck. But the, I, I semi-agree with Dan. I'm, I still take the stance that the NFL does things to remain in the headlines and the news, even if they are all bad. All publicity. Yeah, yeah they, they abide by that rule more than anybody, in my opinion. What's up, Micah? Uh, I don't know. The, the whole thing is weird because it is sort of a private employer. And so the game, you are at work, so I can sort of dictate that. But on the other hand, the players have a players' union, so it's not like... They're totally defenseless against attacks from their they employers. They're not. And 
you know, it, we would say it's a private business, but it's technically not because all these stadiums are funded by the public. So it's such a weird fucking like. I, I mean, I'm not even going to get into any of it. It's just uh, uh, the merits of actually doing protest. But it is such a weird thing. Like, just leave everybody in the locker room. That's that's what I would do. But I am not an NFL. Owner. Yeah, I so don't. To bring it back to that, I'm poor. Because all right, look, if I had the you know, I, I would bet my bottom dollar that this is not the end of this. This is not the fix right here. We're going to see more about this shit. Yeah. I, They're going to have it, to make a change. Eventually, I think they'll God. probably go with what Mike is talking about. Everybody just stay in the fucking locker when room. When you go half in, half out, that rarely works. I'm just, and that's what they're doing here. I'm just so tired of talking about this shit. It sucks. It's not fun. Nothing about this is cool or entertaining. It's just bullshit. And it's... They got to do... There's something has to be done. This is not the answer. And taking people's money sure as fuck isn't the answer. Man, that guy wants to stand up for what he believes in. Let's take some of his money. No, no, that's that's not a good look. That does not look good. And if you think that the dudes you're taking that money from are going to make not put up more of a fuss as a result, you are out of your fucking mind. This just further draws a line in the sand between ownership and the players, right? And that's the biggest problem that the NFL has is that gap between the billionaire white uh, sexual predators who own the teams and then the dudes on the field. Yeah, but one of these these dudes are like super old and they're dying out. They're really not. Like how, how you much think longer they does, are, dude? How much longer a, does Jerry Jones have? See, that's the thing. There's, I I promise you this. It is disturbing. The supply of old white dudes with money will never run out. They're just there, and there's like just enough of them to keep it going and give birth to a few more, and then they just come and they get old. You don't think there's going to be like some type of transition? Like the NBA now seems to have more progressive owners. I mean, like Bezos or not Bezos. They um, do a little bit, but it's a different it's a different type of league. Though. Balmer, I'm thinking Balmer. It's a different type of league. Balmer's just a sweaty weirdo. The it, yeah, the NFL definitely has the most old school. Uh, man, there's not really a good way to put this. Just disconnected owners. I'll I'll say that. Like these dudes have no fucking idea what it's like to be a normal person, but. No, I don't, I don't think we'll see. In our lifetime, I don't think we'll see a transition to where it's like, man, it's nice to have all these billionaires who are super likable and relatable. Like, that's not going to happen. It's just not. They'll be old, racist, white dudes until we die. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. What else? The new kickoff uh, rule. Yeah. This, nope. is, this is interesting. Okay. I don't get this. So here, the new rules are no running starts. Five players must be on each side of the ball. Eight players... You get it. Eight receiving players within 15 yards of the ball. No running start, meaning you have to stand still until it's been kicked. Mm -hmm. Kicked, and then you take off running. And, be, and be, because the other team has eight players within 15 yards of the ball, it's less speed impact coming at each other. This is a good thing. It's, I, I agree. It, well, this is just another step in making football a soft game, which is what they yeah. want to happen eventually. I eventually, bet, they'll well, get rid of kickoffs. Uh, dude, I'm I'm honestly like I'm at the point with football where it's like whatever we have to do to keep people from all getting brain disease, fine, fuck it. I don't care enough anymore. The it, thing the thing is too, if you're an NFL kicker and you can't just put it in the back of the end zone every single time you kick off, you a probably ball, shouldn't be an NFL kicker. Dude, probably when I when I played football and middle, I'm talking middle school. The only time I was uneasy on a football field was during a kickoff return because you're running you're running full speed oh, and they're running full speed. You're running right at each other. If you're gonna get a brain injury, that's likely the like the most you know, the best chance you have at it happening. I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to get clipped It's so by funny somebody. that you just brought that up. I had, I had a slightly different, like, more manly perspective. I was like, this is the funnest thing I've ever done in my life when I was in middle school. But, and I was just getting run the fuck over It was like time. fucking jailbreak. I was five foot four, you know, 76 pounds soaking wet or whatever, just full sprinting down the field. It was like the only action I got because I was It was like more a, fun to be on kickoff than kickoff return. Yeah, you were a special teamer. This was the Ross. only time I got on the field, dude. I was, I was like a backup corner. And uh, nice. I wasn't tall enough to actually play corner, so I was just there what? to be like. He was like six three. No, no, no. I this was Billy didn't hit puberty until far oh. later on in life, at like twenty eight. Um, but you were you're Houston's Vince Papali. Yeah, exactly. So I, I I loved the kickoffs and kickoff returns, but I would just get smeared every single play. That's probably why I have CTE. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when Dylan said that about being in middle school, like it instantly brought like a little shot of adrenaline into me. Dude, you can remember. Because that, especially kickoffs, like I was too slow. Just so like, I was, <laughs> I, I didn't go on kickoffs very often. I was always on kick return. 
But on kickoffs, like before that play, you don't know what's going to happen. And so you've got that adrenaline going through you, and and like you've got to run full speed and hope someone doesn't knock your fucking block off. It yeah. is essentially <laughs> how it's off. essentially how in Braveheart with the two armies line up and then they full sprint into each other and yeah. people are just getting rocked. That's a kickoff. It's the same exact thing minus swords, and plus a little bit of padding. Both of the the new minor league NF, or pro football leagues that have been proposed, the AAF, AAF, and the the XFL have both uh, stated they will not have kickoffs at all. So I think Dan may be right. This is probably the future of football is just eliminating this thing completely. Do the XFL used to encourage, like, huge hits? Remember that? They had the, they had no halo rule. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, they ran, they did, like, a full sprint at each other for the ball for the coin toss. Yeah, that that how they awesome. did? Oh, yeah, like it a scrum awesome. for the ball. Yeah, I think the first ever one a dude like separated his shoulder. Yeah, and then oh, there were times right. where guys got knocked out cold. Like yeah. they came in and just hammered one guy, like fell and down the other. I'm guy all just, for like, that when they come back, <laughs> but apparently they're going soft when they come back in what That's 2020. Weird. Okay, I'm getting rid of all that shit. To be clear about something, there are certain rules uh, that have been put into place or that have been talked about being put into place that I do believe will like negatively impact the game in a way that is soft. This is not one of them. Nobody needs the kickoff. It. This is stupid. And I'm probably biased because the Texans have had absolutely horrific special teams for the entirety of our franchise. Like that's, I feel like that's the cornerstone of the franchise. When they built it, they were like, we're going to have the worst special teams ever in the history of football. And that's what they've pride themselves on. So I'm, I'm, the more special teams gets broken down and taken away, the, the happier I am. This is, this is a good move to me. This is not some bullshit that takes away from, you're still going to see people get smeared all game. It's just yeah, so nobody dies on the kickoff. I don't. I don't mind the rule. Yeah, I feel like most people who do get paralyzed on the field is is a kickoff. Every kickoff ends with like three dudes being taken off on stretchers with you know the, ki- a, the a kid from Rutgers. People are getting uh, smeared. Yeah, grown men running on his speed at each other. They're crumpling each other. <laughs> These guys weigh three hundred pounds. They're running like four twos, and they're just crumpling each other on the fucking kickoff. Yeah. Maybe we'll miss it. You know what would make up for this is if they do these safe kickoffs or just don't do kickoffs at all and show us a 30-second highlight reel of all the most brutal hits in kickoff history. <laughs> why can't that be the answer? That we get the entertainment and the reminder of why we no longer do this at the same time. Let's move on to the NHL. There's a game seven tonight between the Ning and the Caps. You said the Ning? The Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. I've, just, like I've never heard nickname. that. The Ning. The Ning. I only know one Lightning fan. It's Jared, and that's what he calls him, the Ning. That's probably just a Jared thing. It probably is, now that I'm thinking about it. He's a really weird cat. Jared's a playoff hockey guy. He is. He's not really a playoff hockey guy either. He's just a guy who says the Ning. And I hear that, and now I think he's a hockey guy. This one's in Tampa. Oh, I have a question. Do y'all think of all the professional sports, home field advantage is probably the least in the NHL? Yes. I don't think they care at all. I don't either. They're it's, so like boxed in. It doesn't affect their play like like it does. nineteen thousand strong. Yeah, I don't think it builds momentum like it. Like it, the NBA is the most intense one to me. It's it's yeah. fucking chaos. Like you'll see the Warriors go on a run with the crowd behind them, and you're like, "Well, this is over." Well, you have people sitting three feet from you. Yeah, it it, yeah. it feeds into the game so much, and I think it's so deflating for NBA players to be on the other side of one with the crowd raining down. Like you fucking suck. It's just like, oh, we we, we do suck. <laughs> <laughs> but in the NHL, it's like uh, I've just never seen it work that way with the momentum. I think because hockey, if you're like pretty on par, or even as a team, it's pretty fluky. It is. A There's a lot fluky. of shitty goals. That, it's like, it's a little scored. fluky. The scoring part of it is fluky. Right. It is hard as shit to score, and a lot of the times, it's a crazy bounce or a deflection or. So I mean, but yeah, there's. I mean, hockey's. I have never been able to get a feel for the way momentum builds in hockey. It's all about sure a hot is, goalie. Sure as fuck is not it's having a hot goalie. That is a lot of it. Yeah, but it sure as fuck is not the uh, the crowd. I definitely agree with you, Dylan. I think it's yeah. Out of every sport I've watched, anyway, the winner tonight gets my Golden Knights. Dude, I can't believe the Golden Knights made the fucking Stanley Cup final. It's pretty wild. Started the season five hundred to one. Uh, I saw a lot of people chirping saying that this isn't as big a, a deal as Leicester City or whatever when they were five thousand to one. Okay, but I'm gonna make the argument. This is such a stupid comparison. I'm gonna make the argument that Leicester City is the reason Vegas was only 500 to one. Like sports books decided we're no longer gonna offer odds over 500 to one. Dylan, do you know what Leicester City is? 
Yeah, they won. Uh, what was it? The Premier League. Premier League. Yeah. Okay. Well, Th- that, I, that's I as far as I know. I just know they're a huge. Long I remember shot. hearing about the underdog thing and how big of an underdog they were and how crazy it is and how low, how high or long the odds were. But I still don't know if I, off the top, a few minutes ago, if you'd asked me what sport is Leicester City, I wouldn't have been able to guess. Yeah, I knew it was soccer. Yeah, I just, it's a weird comparison to me. Because everybody knows the NHL teams. Like, you know the Las Vegas Golden Knights exist, and it's their first year. If you're a sports person, right, you're aware of that team. It's just a fucking island of misfit toys from every other team. Because they're expansion team that got all the guys that weren't protected. Yeah, but the fact that what, what makes it the most interesting thing to me is that Vegas, Las Vegas, obviously the home of gambling in the United States and home of sports betting in the United States for the time being anyway, uh, they have the chance to get their asses kicked here. Or they could win the Stanley Cup. I'm saying bookmakers, like money-wise, oh, yeah, yeah. this is the biggest liability they've seen in a decade. <laughs> their home team. And that a shitload of locals bought tickets preseason. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup like like it was a lottery ticket or a souvenir. And now those tickets are legitimately still standing with the chance to pay out 500 to 1. This, to me, feels like one of those things where it's like bookmakers say this is the biggest liability they've seen in a decade. Really? Really? The Golden Knights winning the fucking... Like, what... I, I would like to see the numbers on what kind of damage that would yeah, actually these do. These tickets, what were they? Like $10, $20 tickets? Right. No one put like 20 put grand 50 on grand down on the Vegas Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup. I just have a hard time buying that. I think they like to talk up the drama of it all. But the book, the, these people don't lose. Bookies don't lose. Ever. Ever. If you take your bookie for 500 bucks, some other moron on the other side of the city lost 2000 they are always making money no matter what. It is rare for a bookie to get wrecked. Rare. It's usually a bad bookie. Yeah. yeah. And these dudes in Vegas, they don't make mistakes. Nah, you get put in the desert if you do. A lot of holes in the desert with people buried in them. Uh, golf? What is this? It's mm. Colonial this weekend. Colonial... Uh, Jordan Spieth, one of, one of his favorite courses, I believe. Colonial foot soldier. Well, the last three years, the worst he's done is second. So, yeah. there you go. That's pretty good. We're yeah. going to talk about this. So, though. he went runner-up, winner, runner-up. No one cared about the Colonial. EA Sports will no longer make a PGA Tour video game. Nobody cares. Um, huh. You didn't like the Tiger Wood games? Or, uh, no, those are cool as hell, but they've been gone. Did they? That was they were, the biggest dude, those loss. Were tight. They was, replaced them? I would, with, yeah, like, they Rory replaced them with Rory. I would argue that the biggest loss, uh, aside from obviously, you know, getting peak Tiger for another decade, we lost a lot of that. From that whole scenario, and I'm counting like the breakup of his family, I'm counting the impact it will have on his children. The biggest loss was Tiger Woods Golf, the video game. <laughs> yeah, his kids are going to be fine. That was a badass game. No, the, his kids aren't going to be fine. They're fucked. They have plenty they, of money. But they were fucked before. They were too rich. They were fucked anyway. What's up, Micah? Uh, EA had been making a, pro, a PGA Tour golf game since 1990, and it was uh, it was branded as Tiger Woods from 99 to like 2005, I think, or 2015, and then they went with Rory for like two years, and now they, he just killed it. Rory's fault. Rory can't sell. Nobody wants to play Rory. Come over and let's play Rory. Yeah, come, come on, over. Let's get, get some. Let's play some Rory. It's just, it's weird, because this was a game, I, I, Tiger Woods brought me lots of joy. It and, did. This game was tight. Dude, it was nice up there with, like, Madden and NCAA and shit. Like, it was a legitimate video game, and it, it, it just got destroyed, because he couldn't stop fucking Hooters waitresses. <laughs> Pissing on them. And peeing on them. Yeah. Is that, is that true? I don't know about He's that a big golden shower guy. I will say... Is he really? What? You're just making that I've up. I've never heard that. Look up the, uh, have Michael look up the text. I'm not looking that I'm, up. I'm, t- not, I'm not searching that at work. Tiger Woods text. Type in Tiger Woods PP. Uh, the, the golden shower thing is something I've never understood. It's like you have to get to some level where you have so much money and you've had so much sex that you're just like, I need to pee on somebody. Okay, I take it back. If you type in Tiger Woods golden shower, uh, there are some texts from a porn star named Jocelyn James. And the headline from HuffPost says, Tiger Woods, Jocelyn James text, choking, golden showers, and more in SFW. Hell yeah. Jesus. 
Hell yeah. yeah. It says warning, extremely graphic. That's not how I get my rocks off. Yeah, but some people do. Uh, Trump, Tiger. These head- it's, rich, Trump. it's rich people. These Trump headlines are the best. <laughs> this one's on another website. Sexting Tiger threatened to slap, spank, bite, and fuck Till Mercy. Till Mercy? Like, yeah, uh, Tiger he, safe a, word? Tiger's yeah, he, dirty. He was saying things like, hold you down while I choke you and fuck that ass that I own. <laughs> Oh, Sexting is funny, man. Dude, I think him and Olivia Munn would be a good couple. What? Oh, nah, she's not good. She's not dirty enough. She didn't uh, have good what? enough. Dude, yeah, you she's haven't dirty. seen the Olivia Munn sex, have you? With uh, Chris Pine? Were they that hardcore? Oh, oh yeah, they were. They're hot. Oh, this is good, you, dude. These just are go good. down that rabbit. How hole. come these didn't get talked about more? Is it because the, the, our society's uncomfortable with yeah. talking about sex? I think for your next things to Wikipedia. Wikipedia, while you high, you're high, uh, you should do like celebrity sex. I wish I could read these out loud on the show, right? I guess I could. I guess I could. Give us a, a taste. Uh, okay, here's one from Tiger. This is in the middle of the afternoon. That's an important note here. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. And he says, after I come, you better start sucking my cock to get it hard. Nice. When you come, but she keeps sucking? <laughs> I mean, you just shouldn't. You just... That's just a weird. <laughs> that seems pretty PG, you know. Yeah, that's not that great. It's just a weird sentence. And the I is lowercase, and he spelled it C U M, and it's just the whole thing is just. If someone got a hold of your phone, what, what kind of stuff would they find? I mean, they wouldn't find that, no. unfortunately. Yeah, they, well, that's pretty tame. I don't say shit near like that. It just okay. You've seen Tiger Woods do interviews, right? You know how he talks. He's, robotic. He's very proper and robotic, and there's not a lot of uh, personality into it. So it's funny as hell to read things like, I want to treat you rough, throw you around, spank, and slap you. Slap your face, treat you like a dirty little whore. <laughs> <laughs> now it's getting better. <laughs> Put my cock in your ass and then shove it down your throat. Okay, we're done. We're done. There, here's another one. You are my fucking whore. That's all it says. That's the whole text. That's the whole text. That's the whole sentence. He hit enter. He typed that into his phone, and then he just hit send at 4.07 p.m. It's not like he's drunk at night. You I know. mean, he's probably high on pills. Uh, he might have been, <laughs> might have been fucked up on painkillers, but uh, it's also it's just a list of texts from him. There's no response. Yeah, so that's it makes him look thing. like a total fucking psychopath. I miss I miss this. This was a really fun scandal. Granted, it ruined maybe the greatest. Athlete. No, this scandal sucked, man. It was fun. I hate dude. It. it was fun. It was fun seeing the different girls come out and be like, "I fucked Tiger too, man." <laughs> I thought it was funny. Can I read one section that he sent to this porn star starting at five p.m. Please, on, uh, please, I don't do. know eight twenty nine. We could 09. do this the rest of the day, and I'd be happy. <laughs> we'll wrap this up soon. I really do want to be rough with you, slap you around. And again, these are just Tiger texts. So we don't know what's in between. And then he says, for years, and punish you for not seeing me more. <laughs> the next one, I want you to beg for my cock, kiss you all over, and convince me to let you have it in your mouth. We will see it how bad you want me. <laughs> next time I see you, you better beg, and if you don't do it right, I will slap, spank, bite, and fuck you till mercy. What is till mercy? Jesus. And then the next text after Got, that one says... Gotta think it's a uh, safe word. The next one says... Till you say mercy. Was playing sexy. That's so four you know hours in later. Between, so she clearly was like, she was like, what the fuck was that, Tiger? Hey, yo, dude, what do you mean, Till Mercy? And he was like, was playing sexy. Just playing sexy. Jesus. And that is how you go from the greatest golfer in history to a total fucking disaster overnight is by just firing out these ridiculous text messages in the afternoon. He had to be sexually repressed for a long time, right? Growing up. Dude, you never know. You never know what it is that makes these these dudes. This is funny shit. Though. He's I just can't, a psychotic man. I can't look away. I can't. I can't look away. We gotta end this podcast. Yeah, it's time to get out. We of here. gotta stop. Yeah, Shout we're out really to Tiger Woods. We're, we're legitimate. Just reading text messages. Yeah, from we gotta nine get years ago. This we has, should probably. This isn't this. like a new news story or anything. Yeah, but we some just, people don't know about this shit. Like I talked about. Everyone the golden knows shower. about this. I said the golden showers, and Mike had no no I idea. I didn't know Tiger was peeing on people. I didn't know that. He talked about it. We don't know that. Just to be clear, I don't he want Tiger to sue us. 
can confirm. No, no, he, in the text. He mentioned that he's it. Golden it doesn't mean he's actually. Oh, oh, I thought yeah, you yeah, meant like yeah. he did a presser where he was like, yeah. We I cannot think. confirm. This Dan is, is going to get us all sued. This is, this is serious. Alleged. Dan is, Dan is wrong. <laughs> this is absolutely the definition of alleged. Let the record show that this is neither libel nor slander. I don't think you can just come out and say that. <laughs> no. Just declare things not to, to be illegal. Up. Declare bankruptcy. Shouts to our lawyers who will inevitably defend us against Tiger Woods. Shouts to Tiger Woods for all the girls he allegedly peed on. Shouts to the girls who took that. Or peed on him. Who knows? Maybe he got peed on. P is P. Everybody gets a little. Man, I, I don't know what... I, I can't... Somebody else in the show. I can't. I'm done. Do we have any shouts? I'm done. Shouts I'm, to Tiger Woods and Dan Outfitters. Shouts to PJ Tucker for playing lockdown defense and getting 16 boards. Just the um, Memorial Day weekend. Hell yeah, Kinda dude. Sneaks we got up Monday on off. Yeah, we I got totally Monday. forgot. And uh, shouts to Steph Curry's mom. That is one fine piece of ace. I'm d- that's it. Bye. Bye.